What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle from Magpie247 in episode 6 of the Magpie247 podcast. We still haven't came up with a name that's still in um, very much pro- progression paper mode. We've had a couple of messages, actually, some decent names in the pipeline. So hopefully, next couple of weeks or so, we'll be looking to change the name of the podcast. But um, as always, joined by Paul. And we've just be- took, kind of took a back seat this week, Paul. Uh, in regards to the takeover stuff, just kind of weighing up oh, everything, dear. and then and then thought would would do a podcast towards the end of the week, just summing it all up, and not just the takeover stuff, but the week in general, because I know there's obviously stuff like Jeff Hendricks coming up, and we're actually being linked to players again, so it's something worth talking about in this in this uh, latest edition of the show. Um, later in the week, we've got work season review coming out as well. That was meant to be this episode, but we thought we'd do a we'd do like a takeover <laughs> one as well. But uh, the season review, like the Keep Ourself um, podcast that we did, I'm learning, I'm learning, uh, like the podcast that we did, um, it'll be in two parts. So we'll talk about um, from the start of the season to December and then the FA Cup run slash project restart and all that stuff. But um, Paul, this week, it's been an interesting week because the Premier League, after I think it was 15 or 16 days, finally responded in the form of a letter to Newcastle Central Labour MP Chianora and Paul, I know you've read the letter. I know, I know what you think because we've spoken about it personally. But tell tell everyone listening how you what was your initial reaction to, to the letter from Richard Masters? To be honest, the entire shenanigans from start to finish has been the biggest clusterfuck that the country has ever seen in terms of a football and um, decision that needs to be made. I mean, uh, it's nonchalant, it's arrogant, um, it's the always the least possible work for the Premier League to be able to do. The tone of it, it was confusing. It, it goes against established facts. It contradicts itself. Uh, it is arrogant. It reeks of, um, you know, looking down at Newcastle fans. It reeks of, we've got more intelligence than what you've got. I didn't like any one little bit of it. I didn't like the fact as well, on top of that, Kyle, that he went out and basically, after he wrote his letter, which took him quite a while, because he must struggle with the English language, he then just went out to his secretary and said, do us a favour, will you photocopy that 60 times? Because I need to send out a few more letters. So he couldn't even be bothered to contact the other MPs. He couldn't even be bothered to contact the Prime Minister. He can't even be bothered to actually put out an official press release, and he won't actually speak to any of the other journalists who are asking subsequent or follow-up questions. So the fact that he's used a letter rather than a phone call and meeting people face-to-face doesn't allow for any comeback, it doesn't allow for any scrutiny, and it doesn't, ask, doesn't allow for any difficult questions that it might put him on the spot or make him feel hot under the collar, like, you know, bags of paper money, like people buying influence, like, you know, Qatar sponsoring everything. Like all of these very, very um, misty, you know, meetings and stuff that they're having. And, um, you know, when they're making outlandish statements, like we haven't spoken to the press, honestly, honestly, not even off the record. And then the night before that letter comes out, the contents of it are virtually splurged out on an article. Uh, I think it was, was it Martin Lewis? It, um, it was something like that, I. Yeah. Um, it, 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 of Martin Samuel, uh, anyway, whoever it was, Samuel, it's pretty Martin Samuel, that's the one. Martin Samuel, there we go. Um, me and name's not the best, but um, yeah, the contents of that letter 
and it, it was like it was like wartime propaganda material. It was yeah. just like a selective version of the truth. And um, no, I mean the, the reason you know Richard Masters is lying when his lips are moving, and that's that was my initial thought as soon as soon as I saw it. I thought, you know, I'd be better off reading the bog roll. I really would because it's a load of absolute and utter shit. The entire thing. Um, and I just find his, his arrogance is, is one of the most disgusting things. Absolutely arrogant. Um, and you disdain. These are MPs. These are elected people. He's actually, you know, they've actually been elected and entrusted with looking after the country in, in every different aspect. And he's arrogance to just photocopy the letter that he sent to Che. And there you go. Everybody have the same. Pathetic. Little mouse. Has got a pair of balls. It's 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 really just a copy and paste job. Yeah. But my my question my questions regarding this letter, it's just like in this letter, it was it, he stated that um, they were wanting it to go to a third party to to like a third party tribunal, which would take up to eighteen months. And with this already going on for for four months, right? You're looking at nearly two years of the club in limbo. The thing is, though, that I think it's what was it called an a, a, a adjudicate or something. I think it is. I'm, yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a savvy head when it comes to the legal department. I'll leave that. I'll leave that the Gallagher shot slot with uh, with the legal stuff. But um, I I haven't got the foggiest what the what the name is. But they wanted it to go to this third party on the basis of a decision not being made when it just like a decision has to be made for for an appeal to go through. And this is why PIF allegedly pulled out. But, like, for two me, years. It's, it's two years, style. like, we're looking at, we were we were saying the, the club's been in limbo over the transfer market. Could you imagine, imagine over two, nearly two years? Where would we be in two years? Like, you've got to look at it from their perspective because you're looking yeah, at two years. I, I know exactly where we'll be. Division three. It, it, Division it, it, three, we'll, that's where we'd we'll, be. Championship is probably being nice because you've got Mike Ashley who wouldn't invest anyway. Sorry, an owner that doesn't invest anyway, investing even less. So you'd be it would be hanging on with the same squad with Steve Bruce and say the likes of Ansett Maximum want to move and and some more key players and you, it would be not good because I I even says it in the in the um, Keep Ourselves podcast without Debravka, Fernandez. And um, Alan St. Maximin, we would have been we would have been relegated last season. Uh, the facts speak for themselves. I mean, we only won one league game without Maximin last season. That was Crystal Palace at home, and even then, we were lucky to get the win. Do you know what I mean? And it was like for me, there's there's just so much there's just so much wrong with this because the Premier League will willing to let us drown for 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 the best part of two years. And for me, that's embarrassing when Newcastle United is one of the state, one of the twenty stakeholders in the Premier League, and the and they just want to piss her around like that. I mean, the way I look at it is, for thirteen years we've been putting up with Mike Ashley. We've been relegated twice. We've been shown up by Sunderland a handful of times, even though they went out to in recent years. I might add, but it's been the most frustrating thirteen years of Newcastle's history. Because there's always been there's always been a conversation of off the field problems. There's never been a, a, a prowess of oh well we're struggling off the field, we've got to blame we've got to blame certain parties like the manager or the players or whatnot. There's always been a, a, a conversation of 
with the owner back, the manager, like under Pardew or under Hewton or under Rafa. There's always been a talk of, of, of Mike Ashley being the main problem. And I'm, we're just tired of it, man. Uh, protests, um, several anti-Ashley groups, you know, probably too many anti-Ashley groups, but still they all want the same thing, Mike Ashley out the club. And it came so close, not just to get what we want, but a, a, a couple of people that want to take in the club and its values in the city, like uh, the Rubens brothers, Donating to the food bank over the over the period of uh, the coronavirus, and you've got the you've got PIF who donated worldwide to it as well, half a, half a billion, I think it was. And then Amanda Stavely gets the city, and uh, obviously uh, born and raised in I think Harrogate, as he says a couple of Harrogate, podcasts ago, um, Paul. But um, these people want to come in and take go forward, not just the uh, on the field stuff, uh, but off the field as well. Want to sort the training facilities pump money into the city which at a time of us of england being in the worst recession ever a bit of money into the into the city might be a good thing so it's more than just the football club on the line yeah and the premier league the premier league go on like this and drag their heels and to me it, it backs up what amanda Stavely first said she, she says basically the premier league were happy to leave Leave it for month after month, and she's right because will the will the Premier League were willing yeah. for this to go to a, a, a third party, which could take up to nearly two years. So it that, protects that, the establishment, Kyle. It protects it the establishment and, and the status quo. They love what's going on at the moment. They want a strong Liverpool. It's a massive brand. They want Manchester United on the back. You know, uh, like returning to form. They want money bags, Manchester City. They want the top six. The other 14, they just don't give an absolute fuck about, to be honest. And it really boils my, you know, pee. Because back when I was growing up in the mid-90s and early noughties, the league, you know, the, the title, yes, it probably got fought between one or two teams, but the, the league was so competitive. There was an array of talented players from top to bottom. You know, it, when you look at the likes of even Middlesbrough having the likes of Ravinelli and Janino and players of that ilk, um, anybody could beat anybody. And that's what made and established, um, you know, the premiership as it was then, as it, the best and exciting. And now it's just like, you know, you look at it, and there's so many battles of attrition out there. There's so many clubs who were just meh. The over 14. There's no incentive. There's no route in the financial fair play. Uh, clogs things up even, you know, even further. Um, Stavely's passion for the club has been fantastic and a joy to behold when we've been starved of anybody giving an absolute shit about us for 13 years because Ashley doesn't care. He doesn't want us. He's made that very, very clear on numerous uh, at numerous times and numerous points. To have somebody who actually cares and you can see the possibilities that we could be moving forward, you know, with her and, and, and a consortium. But yet we stuck in this situation all because of the Premier League effectively trying to just run this mon monopoly um, over us. It's, it's just so painful. And if this doesn't come off, then you worry, where's the next avenue to realistically offload Mike Ashley and get a new owner in. The world is in an absolute recession and they want to wait around for two years. Well, of course, the PIF is going to sit there and go, we can't wait forever because we can't tell what's going to happen in two years' time. You know, we could be in Division 3 like the Mackhams. Um, 
So you can't wait that long. There's no business in the world that could operate like that. And you know something? If 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 the PIF come along and asked to invest in uh, Durham uh, Cricket Club, if they asked to invest in Newcastle Falcons, if they asked the government just to give two hundred and fifty million pound for investment purely in the northeast, they would snap your hand off. Yeah, but the Premier League, for some reason, feel that they're above that. Who can Kyle in this current climate afford to turn down hundreds of millions of pounds in investment just like that? And the only people who will do that is the Premier League because I tell you now, the Falcons would snap your hand off. Durham Cricket Club would snap your hands off. Any of the football, yeah, you of course you would. And if you think Boris Johnson getting a call in, you know, wanting to invest in a region uh, of, of the country at the current time, he'd literally do anything for it. It's it's common sense. And how Richard Cockmaster can't sit there and think. A couple of hundred million pounds coming into the Premier League. Better players coming to the Premier League. That isn't a good thing. How can you not be infused with that? How can you play politics like this? Um, and it's just disgusting. The only people who are benefiting from it are, are Qatar. Repeatedly, that name comes up. Richard Keyes will probably have a massive erection. It's not just at his uh, daughter's uh, friend. This situation will be giving him a massive stiffy, believe me. Um, and all, all the establishment, and then he comes out, no, Liverpool and stuff, they don't care and this sort of thing. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. It's all about the status quo. It's all about protecting your friends. Uh, you know, it's no surprise that these things, again, have come to stall once this new lad's been you know, installed who was head of Barclays, again, one of Richard Keyes' mates come over, and then all of a sudden, again, that handbrake's being put on. It's disgusting. The process should be done externally and reports made all of this other stuff because the premier league they've got too many friends they've got too many um interests to make um a fair judgment it's a completely biased it's continue you know really skewed they've had four months it never mind another two years that is disgusting and to offer that to chi is, is, a, is an alternative well look we're offering this that isn't an offer not even a madman, not no, even not even a madman would, would take that up. So that isn't an option. So don't dare justify this stalemate by offering stupid, um, you know, to take it to an ombudsman. Well, you know what I mean. You know, to take it to a third party to make a decision, basically. Um, don't dare do that because we've known with the Manchester City fair play stuff and all this, things take months and months and, and years and years because of the legal teams involved. You need to sit down, look at the evidence, does it tick all the boxes? Yes, it does. The proof is there. The proof that it's separate is there. You have to approve. Whether you like it or not, whether you think it's tasteful or not, whether you agree with what goes on in Saudi Arabia or not. I am against a lot of what Saudi Arabia do in Saudi Arabia. Yeah? But I bet that there's people who are fans of WWE, for example, who are against what happens in Saudi Arabia. But by them putting shows on, they are affecting change. For example... They had the first uh, women's match, didn't they, when they were in Saudi Arabia? So that's a, that's an example of making change from the inside and trying to affect positive change. But there's a major company, WWE, worth what billions, and they're willing yeah. to work. You look at the British government, the British monarchy have got relationships with the Saudis. We sell them weapons, but we won't sell them football clubs. Clubs. It's a farce. It boils my piss. 
And Richard Masters is um, disgusting. And how he can sleep at night, I just don't know, Kyle. Uh, well, there's another thing in that letter. There was two things. One we've already spoken about, but the other one was um, I'm trying to think of it. He was he was going he was going on about um, oh what was it, man? I, I've had it on I've had it on the tip of my tongue the whole time, and I forgot about it as I talked. <laughs> about. That, <laughs> that helps. Informative. If you have information, people, I um, I hate to break it, but I forgot. <laughs> but um, <laughs> not he was uh, generally Paul. I forgot. Um, I think he was on about. I'm trying. I, I'm trying to tread what I forgot completely. He was oh, shit. Um, <laughs> no, no, I've genuinely forgot me. I'm not dead at this out. I can't remember what it is. Um, oh come on, man. He was he he was on about the. Um, oh, I, I had it and I've lost it again. Um, <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> It this is what a takeover the... does to you. This is what <laughs> a, a takeover does to Newcastle United. I had hair and he had a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> and it's affected us both, man. Goodness me. Goodness oh, me. Oh, it was oh, basically oh. just full of shit, wasn't it, from top to bottom, Carl, at the end of the it day. Um, and he's on about uh, Newcastle United and, and wanting to um, promote our better interests. Oh, and no, that no, Paul, Paul, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. It's, oh, um, there we go. He was on. He was on about the letter from. Um, he was saying he, he didn't know who who owned the football. Who who was going to own the club, and what minute like um, directors and that were going to be in place. They didn't know, even though they sent a three hundred and forty page document, which I'm sure on page one or two, who the who the owners and ministers will probably be, um, and then they asked for evidence of this, and they got a and. He's, the Premier League have basically said they didn't get this, and what's worse is, literally a couple hours after this letter, um, Sky Sports tweeted that there was a a government official high up it, uh, it it's in Saudi Arabia who sent a letter to the Premier League. So yeah, literally, can... the Premier League have chosen to ignore this letter. So this is what was on the tip of my tongue, people. Yeah. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep it in raw and uncut of me completely losing me marbles. But um, not. I've lost my ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you tune in for, isn't it? But um, not regarding this letter, and it, honestly, like it's beggars belief. It's just total ignorance from the Premier League because if they've sent this and the Premier League are basically calling them liars. All PIF need to do, or Stavely or whatnot, is just sent is took this letter out of of basically saying who the ministers and that are going to be. And for me, how can this be a problem three or four months into That's what Mike it, it, said. Like I yeah. as, as well, a, a high source at Newcastle was basically saying, um, "Well, if we if we find out who the director is, can can we get this on, back on track?" And like that, uh, all parties are trying. And like I was speaking the uh, just before about thirteen years of put with this, and everything was aligning. Even Mike Ashley wanted to sell. The buyers were willing to buy. Everything was in place just for this takeover to, to happen. And we're going to next season. Happy as happy as Larry, because a takeover has been teased now since I think after the first promotion season when Amanda Stavely first came in. Um, I think I think she was at the Liverpool game when we drew one one and Jostlow scored that flipping fluke off his shin or something. I think got booted off his shin that went past the goalkeeper and we drew one one. Great strike! Um, <laughs> fantastic goal scorer! My God, we could do from now. Come back, Jostlow! All is forgiven. <laughs> All is forgiven. Especially what we've had to put with last season, but um, 
it's been like it's been a major thing since then and obviously it's been teased every transfer window whether it's i think it's just been a tug of war between kenyon and um and staveley throughout that time uh, we're linked with a a consortium who just sold Bordeaux Football Club out of France. But other than that, it's been between these two parties. And just with it's just everything aligned in, in that time. We've been we've been kind of hanging on this takeover for so long. And it eventually looks like it's going to happen. Hashtag cans is all over and all looking forward to what could be and people taking the piss with um Bappe signing and stuff. And only at Newcastle could you go from what is potentially saying Mbappe and having all these great players to go into Jeff Hendrick on a free transfer. Yeah, um, and then, and then is... looking forward to Lazar coming back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's only at Newcastle it happens, but the, the Premier League deserve it deserve everything that's thrown at them because for to me, with what they've said in the letter, with the the utter neglect of Newcastle fans and the utter neglect of Newcastle and the buyers and the sellers and everything like that, because this is this has been going on before Project Restart. You know, we're nearly in next. Maybe it's been going now. on since the end of the Second World War. It feels like. <laughs> okay, Neil, man. Honestly, Churchill started this off. It's gone on that long. <laughs> it's disgusting, mate. Would this happen? Would this happen at Liverpool? Would this happen at Manchester oh. United? The answer is no. No, they wouldn't. So anybody who even dares think that it, it would go on, no, it wouldn't. Saudis are ploughing money into Manchester United as we are talking on this podcast right now. That's a fact. They've got, you know, there's people in that region. I mean, they talk about they don't want state interference, right? I can understand that. But there's an ant snob between state interference and what's going on in Manchester City. And anybody who thinks that there isn't, again, you're off your head. You know, that yes, there probably isn't a lot of difference in between what's getting said, but at the end of the day, if you can produce evidence and there's been evidence, you know, produced, then that's it. You can't ignore the evidence because it, it's not the answer you want. You know, whether Richard Masters uh, likes it or not, if the evidence is supplied and it's tick the next box and move down to the next one, um, you know, we're led to believe this is the only issue um, that's sort of holding things up. Mike Ashley's asked the question, well, if this is supplied, can the deal go ahead? Stavely is asking everybody to make a fuss up because it's not fair. And when she's saying that, this is what she's on about. It, it, it isn't fair because they have produced the proof and yet they're still sticking to their, you know, sticking to their guns. I would like to see this proof leaked out, given out or whatever, you know, uh, or supplied to the, uh, to the NUST. So they can take it to this meeting on Wednesday and say, as soon as Masters keeps saying, we didn't pull the plug on it, they pulled out because of this, that, and the other. Well, look, there you go. There is the proof. Stop talking shit, Cockmaster, and get on with what you're paid to do, which is look after the best interest of not just six, but all 20 of the clubs in that league. And you know what? If another team's got a, a, an issue with it, it's tough shit, right? Because when Manchester City were taking over, did we have a, a, an issue when the grounds to stop it? No. When Chelsea were taking over and there was literally spunking money out over the entire league, buying their way to success the cheap way, did anybody raise an eyebrow? No, they couldn't because it's tough shit. And it's the same before with Manchester United. They bought the way to the top. It's the same with Spurs. They bought the way to the top and so on and so forth. So no, uh, no sympathy. You cannot move the goalpost now because there's a potential of somebody coming along 
and upsetting the establishment, upsetting the top six, making it harder for the top six to get into the Champions League or the European slots and win the Cups, etc. It is a little bit tough titty because at the end of the day, it's all about competition. And I harbour back to the days when the Premier League was just getting started, the Premiership was just getting started. Um, and today I've had on a few matches, some of the older matches and stuff like that. And to see the the, the plethora of, of quality right throughout the league, top to bottom, is fantastic. And the old adage of anything can happen, and the old you know old adage anybody can beat anybody. Now, it's it's a procession that the top six is is so tiresome and boring all of the time. Yeah, and we've had thirteen years of literally being. <laughs> Having our boxes pulled down each and every, every every week, and you know that that is the ceiling height that we can get to under the Ashley regime. That is it. This is as good as it gets. Staying in the Premier League, and you know, roll the dice for a cup run. And normally we hit one or two on the dice. You know, last season it was a nosebleed territory, and we still managed to balls it up. But that isn't going to come along. You know, for a club like Newcastle. Where is our chance to get better? Where's the chance to, to, to improve things? It's not our stadium's crumbling down. Our training ground's a joke. We've got wheelie bins as ice baths, paddling pools out on the training uh, park. We've got Steve Bruce, who looks like he's uh, an, an extra out of Dinner Ladies uh, comedy. If you don't know what that is, Google it, for goodness sake. Um, you know, so our manager looks like a dinner lady. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a lovely bloke, a nice bloke, and he's done as good as he can do in a difficult situation. And, you know, our our MD is akin to Penfold of Danger Mouse. We've, you know, we don't win enough football games. We don't score enough goals. We sell our players, our best players all the time. And we're left with the tribe a lot of the time. You know, um, good managers leave us like Rafa Benitez. Do, do you want the Newcastle fans just to sit there and happy and, and to take that? Of course we want the best for our club. And Richard Masters needs to look after the interests of each and every one of us and not just his top ones. Newcastle United is a worldwide brand, a, a, you know, an established name and team and might in the league. And we need a little bit more respect from the people down there who continue to look down the nose and treat us with disdain. And I hope that the nust go down, not being rude, this, that and the other, or you know, kicking off, but with an assertive list of questions and points and really drill home what it is that we want to find out. What's the roadmap to get this done? Why is there such a problem? And they need to be they need to have that evidence to hand something say, whoa, 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 we've seen that. That is wrong. That is a lie. Hold this man accountable. Because you know, the hide and seek champion, because I after this meeting that we're going to be having with him on Wednesday, I believe, Kyle. You know, yeah. he's that good at hide and seek. When's the next time we're going to see him? Months? It could can't, be. Can't it could be be he's great at hide and seek. Yeah. But it's not just Masters that needs to be held accountable, mate. It's a, 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 I think it was a, a report from The Independent today saying that when Gary Hoffman took over as the chairman, Aye. problems started to come into place. And obviously, there was an immediate pressure from Richard Keyes. You don't just know him, Richard. You really, really, really know him. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, and this is from a television production company, being Sports. Corrupt as they come. Um, I think uh, Swiss, I think the Swiss government, or the, I think the Swiss police or something, are taking them, are taking the, 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 
the people that run like being sports, the Qatari um, people, um, to, they're taking them to court for bribes. Well, we've been once. Like so we've been would, once, Kyle. It wouldn't surprise you. I mean, there's this stuff I keep uh, tweeting the Premier League with. Uh, with they take a take a roadmap of their uh, corruption in place, and honestly, it's people connecting the dots, and you can see why. I mean, Hoffman, who was who used to be a part of their um, Barclays. Um, in a case with Amanda Stavely, as it happens, because of the uh, because of something uh, a couple of years ago, I don't quite know much about. But they've been in in a in like a they've been in a court case against each other. So there's obviously a perfect like a business dislike there from from that point of view. Because mm, vendetta, but like for me, th- th- I think being sports have caused a lot of shit. I think they were behind the Henry Morris thing, which lo and behold has went very, very, very quiet. Um, because during the whole, uh, during the um, before the the deal collapsed or just after, hashtag um, smoke screen. Luke Edwards was really pushing this as a journalist. I'm really disappointed actually because Luke Edwards usually bang on with things in terms of like he does his research and stuff. But when I found out that Henry Morris was on the radar, I literally says on um on on NFTV Extra, which I, I used to do videos for. I literally say straight out of the block, this is bullshit. This is a ghost man. Nobody knows about him apart from an FBI case. Stay well away. But Luke Edwards kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing this. And for me, it's going to take him years to build up credit, mm. the credibility he had with Newcastle fans because you, you you were constantly pushing this agenda of this of this Henry Moore saying the 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 bids. Maybe he can't even afford his mortgage. Like, he can't even afford his mortgage. He, he, he's, he's got into mortgage difficulties. Or, you know, if you can't afford your mortgage on your house and you're living in a quite a modest house in America, then how the hell do you expect to buy Newcastle? Your head case. I mean, Paul, do you want to put together a consortium? We'll try and buy Newcastle next week. We'll, make an, we'll, we'll make an exclusive from Lee then. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, yeah. not, not Lee. Luke. Luke Edwards, I'll let uh, I'll say <laughs> not Lee Christ. I was um I don't know. I'm, I've just mixed the names up, but um no, we might get an exclusive. We might just say we'll we'll go on record and say we want to buy Newcastle United. I have about two pound fifty in the bank, and Paul Paul has a couple of quid. But uh, we'll 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 rub it together and we'll we'll try and buy this um this uh, this this football club from you and yeah, love the just say the right thing. Yeah, say the right yeah, we'll invest in the community somewhere. But yeah, it's it's just ridiculous, mate. Because I think coverage of journalists in general, and I know I've picked the Luke Edwards uh, individually, but like it, there's there's a couple of journalists that are really um really guilty of this as well, where they've been like no red flags and none of the like. I know that's what they're being told, but they're very quick to bite on and like with this with this thing with Henry Morris, those th- those journalists are bit and bit hard with it. Newcastle fans seen it was kind of a ghost thing because we've seen the shit over the past couple of years and it's just like they bite at everything. And like for me, I think it's I think it's unacceptable because you you get you get these journalists that are biting at everything and building the hopes up of Newcastle fans over it's over the last two or three years where it's like, oh, could this be it, could this be it, could this be it? And it's ne- it never is. And it's like Yeah. We're we're just it we're just in it for the raid, us as 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 new as Newcastle fans and but who a, who was that journalist, Kyle? Who was that journalist who said he quite likes winding the Newcastle fans up? And he's a North East journalist. He's to cover the North East. And he says, well, actually, I quite like winding the Newcastle fans up. And, I, I, you know, 
you nearly I, I know, I know, I know, I, I know which one it is, and it's the one that we've been slagging off the last ten minutes. It's Luke, yeah. not Lee. Luke, it's Luke. Luke. Edward, well, I, I was going to say it's Lee. Edward, but it's not, but You've Luke got Lee Charney on the mind, haven't you? I know somebody else has got Lee Charney on the mind as well. Separate <laughs> uh, <number> one, <laughs> Alan Partridge moment. That. Um, <laughs> You'll be listening. You'll be listening. You know it. <laughs> I'm sure he loves you right now. I mean, mm. but um, we'll move away from journalists. Cause I think we're shouting about too many of them. But um, there's yeah, a move away from journalists and Lee Charlie in small pants. Yeah, it's not a good thought, <laughs> is it? Apologies no, to anybody who's read that and now been sick. <laughs> if, you, if you took an into your tea or having a coffee and you've just spat it down your drawers or something um, we do apologise but um, there's a big meeting this coming Wednesday Paul, we're going to do a podcast on it on Thursday actually yeah. or Friday in reaction to, the, to what comes out of it but the Premier League are by Zoom call are speaking to the Newcastle United Supporters Trust which is a, which is a massive thing and we're hoping through NUST and by the way, if you haven't signed up as a member of the NUST, I'd recommend you do so. They'll be in the links. Will be in the links. Will be in the description and all that stuff uh, to sign up with us. It's one pound per per season or ten pound for a lifetime subscription to uh, a lifetime membership um, to the to the NUST, which is which I fully recommend because you get you, 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 it's a it's it's like a connection to the club kind of thing because they've got links through Stavely. They've got. They'll obviously have this uh, Zoom call with the Premier League, and we're hoping. Gives you a vote, doesn't it? And a voice. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of a voice, eye. And obviously, with what we stated in episode one of this podcast, where we're all about yeah, community and all that stuff, being a part of the NUST, it kind of it kind of solidifies that for us and validates it. Uh, being a member, and of course, Paul, more recently, a member of the council, but like. As, as he states on every every podcast, anyway, his views are very much his own. Paul will never change for anybody, bless him. But um, no. what you say, uh, right, you the chain. there's no fence sitting on uh, this person's uh, <laughs> uh, watch type thing. But yeah, I'd just like to add that in case anybody takes anything I said and, and twist it, because there is people who like to do that, you know, Kyle. Take what I say and twist it in about 100 different ways. But um, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, my opinions are my opinions, not swayed oh. by any other page, group, or anything else like that. Um, you know, if people ask for my help or my viewpoints or my time, I will give as much as I, as I can. And certainly anything to the cause that helps Newcastle uh, break the shackles and move into a more positive future uh, as a, you know, a big Newcastle United support community, I'm all totally for but yes i've got my own opinions and uh, then there's nust who i've got that voice and that um, mandate to be able to go and speak to the likes of the premier league and speak to the likes of the club and everything else like that they have got obviously a mandate from their members to be able to go and say certain things uh, and that is fantastic and that's the best thing about being in the nust you know you have got a say it may be a one in what fourteen thousand or so at the moment say but still your voice your vote your opinions get you know, heard, listened to, um, and then it gives us a more powerful voice to be able to go as a large collective of people to the Premier League, to Lee Charlie and the likes, and make positive uh, points, critiques, things to improve, you know, the future. This meeting isn't just Newcastle and um, uh, Cockmaster. It's obviously like a, a bigger event for all 
of the uh, various fan groups from all the 20 Premier League clubs to come together. But on the agenda is the takeover. So we will get some time allocated to that. So it's not an exclusive thing because obviously Richard Masters wouldn't do such a thing. He wouldn't lower himself to speak to Newcastle by choice, most likely. Um, but there is a, a, a group of all of the um, Newcastle United you know, Supporters Trust, the Middles, not Middlesbrough, I would say Middlesbrough, Liverpool, Manchester United. Yeah, <laughs> all of the different supporters groups, they're going to get their opportunity to bring up points, raise points, discuss points about, you know, from the fan side. And we have they've definitely got, it's, it's an approved question, the takeover to be able to discuss. So that's that's fantastic. And I'm sure with the people over there, uh, Alex and co, will do a fantastic job. And I really hope that we get yeah. some... Uh, we need meat on the bones, Kyle, because there's there's the buyers saying a little bit, but not wanting to say too much. You've got the Premier League saying a little bit via a letter, but not wanting to say too much. You've got Richard Keyes, who's speaking shit and loads of it. You've got Qatar, who's you know uh, leaking little bits of stuff out. Then you've got ghost people like this Henry, whatever he's called. Yeah, and he's £2.50 that he's found on the back of the sofa that he thinks is enough. Mate, honestly, Henry, if you listen to this, do me do me a favour and just piss off down the A19 and try and buy Sunderland. To be fair, actually, I, I was looking at the um, like the thing that, that, that comes with the Spotify of like of how many percent of audience listens from certain countries. 4% listens in America, so he could well be. I don't know. If you're that American listener, I do apologise for offending you. Because it's probably not Henry Morris, we'll be honest. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's just a complete, complete force. This whole situation with the Premier League, like, but yeah, close I'm the hope, fuck, man. It's a, it's a close the fuck. I'm hoping Wednesday, NUST can get some get some answers, or at least help the buyers facilitate a, a pathway yeah. to, to a potential takeover. Because I know we'll be speaking about the the Singapore stuff in a minute, but like, um. This is the like I say, is like at the very start of the podcast. These are the two. These are the well before we start recording. Actually, these are the two. Like this is the consortium I want. You could take PIF away for me, and that if you could just have Amanda Stavely with the Rubens brothers, I think that would, that would be ideal. But if you have a big back of like um, the PIF, I think that that helps as well. Obviously, but these are the, the three individuals, the Rubens brothers. And of uh, Jamie and I think it's David Rubin, I think it is, uh, and um, obviously Amanda Stavely and her husband, who's been tweeting um, songs as of late. Rick uh, yeah, and, <laughs> but then again, that's the biggest Rossi. troll song of all time, Rick Rolled and all that. But um, these these three individuals in particular really strike us because Amanda Stavely spoke about how much she gets the club and she's communicated more with the supporters trust in being interested in the club than then uh, Mike Ashley has in 13 years owning it. So it's like she she'll bring that constant communication, she'll bring that love and warmth that we've needed for a while as a as a fan base. She'll ov- obviously offer that connection. So it'll be a, a, a I think under her stewardship be perfect time to be a part of the um supporters trust especially as a member. But on top of that with well, the Rubens brothers have been helping the the food banks and, and all that stuff as well. And for me, I think that like that that's just a, a just a a glimpse of the generosity and the kindness that they have. And I think we need that up here. I think we need that just that. It's what we're that longing for, of, isn't it? That, that bit of support and that bit of that just that bit extra because 
under Ashley, we haven't had that, and it's be like we could, we could have a twenty-hour podcast about the stuff Mike Ashley's done over the past thirteen years, and we could rant about every single little bit of it. But we just want that next step now, and like the Premier League have kind of swept it on, like kind of just pushed the pulled the rug from underneath. Where, and I'm hoping on Wednesday, NUST can get a pathway towards either getting this back on track or getting this done. Um. Yeah, we we need a roadmap. We need a roadmap forward. What do, you know? What what do the fans need to do? Uh, and then what does Stavely and everybody need to do? And Ashley, because he's got legal teams ready as well, uh, willing and able to fight. So we can try and put the pressure on. Try to highlight that it's unfair. But then you know the, the other the other power players in this thing have to come back onto the front foot, take it over, and really force it. At the end of the day, we've got a strange situation where you've got a seller who wants to sell. You've got a buyer who wants to buy, but then you've got somebody who's got no control and interest over Newcastle stopping it. And and how Irish is that? How mad, how crazy is that? I'm going to take the Irish thing back <laughs> with Daniel listening. But, um, <laughs> yeah, apologies, mate. But, um, yeah, you've got somebody who's got, like, no argument, really, no reason to be in it Yet they are dictating play. Yet there's a buyer and seller who was keen. It's it's stupid. It, it defies common sense. This test needs a complete and utter uh, overhaul. It's not fit for purpose. It's farcical. It's a joke. It should be independent. There needs to be more set clear rules about it. And there should be yeah. no grey. And there should be no, well, you know, uh, my friend's not going to benefit from this. Or, you know, it's... Um, Mates of mates, the Coventry connection and that's stuff like that. The test. That's not in the test at any way. The Premier League are just going off on just the making up as they go along. But hmm? that, I mean, we'll roll on to Wednesday and hope there's uh, there's some big news coming up about that. But um, in the past couple of days, there's been um, a, a, a company out of Singapore um advised by michael chopra of all people and he's been tweeting saying excited and um put your cans back i take your cans out of the bin and um, put them back in the fridge because this and obviously it's came out now what he's been on about and it's a singapore consortium uh worth about um eight or nine billion which is fine you know i'm not i'm not i'm like in the position where we might actually beggars can't be choosers and it's a fairly new company but for for me it's like it's just I'm tired of the takeover talk now, to be honest, Paul. I can't be asked with another four or five months of discussions and that goes to the Premier League again and then we're going to have all this again. Yeah, they'll find some reason to pull it again. They will do. They'll find another reason. It's each slate fuck the Newcastle fans repeat. They will just find another problem with it. Yeah, even if a saint came down, even if Mother Teresa, God rest her soul, wants to come up and was to say... Oh, I'm Mother Teresa, or I'm God, or whatever, right? I'd like to buy Newcastle. They would find a reason to disqualify <laughs> it, you know, from it. I, at the end of the day, I'm not in... Uh, yeah, the, the extra money of, of whoever would be nice. It's not about money. It's not about this, that, and the other. It's about wrestling control of our club back. You know, the Liverpool owners have got less net wealth than what Mike Ashley's got, and look at them. It's not about that. It's about getting control back, getting that connection back, getting the fans... Yeah. Like, the ones who have been exiled for years, getting them back in the stadium, getting noise in, getting war flags back in, getting the atmosphere back up, giving back a little bit of hope, heart, determination, a little bit more pride in our city. 
a little bit of work on, on, on the ground, smartening the ground up, smartening the training facilities up. Yeah, 100%. Trying to be the best that we can and, and uh, go, you know, the old Keegan thing, you know, aim for the stars and if you hit the moon, then you've hit the moon. But you've still had a good go getting to the stars. You know what I mean? It's a, it's about that, but oh, I've got no appetite to go around the roundabout for the billionth, billionth time. I just want this this wake up one morning just to see it on the yellow ticker on Sky Sports News. Newcastle soul, just as it did when Mike Ashley rolled into town. And you literally, fuck all, Kyle. I woke up and, we, and all of a sudden, bam, we're under new ownership. Who the hell's Mike Ashley? Exactly. That, that, that's that's literally what I want it to be, but it's been dragged out, especially over the last two, three years, where it's just been, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. No. And most of the time, it's a no. But for me, with this, with a Singapore consortium, I think it's literally a case of we need to find out what's going on with the PIF deal first. If it comes out on Wednesday, and we'll be doing a podcast all about it, um, yeah. if it comes out Wednesday from the Premier League, just saying, look, it's fell through, the deal's formally withdrawn, and I don't think there's a way back. Um, if they say that on Wednesday and the deal's kind of dead, then obviously Newcastle fans can have that closure and move on to try and facilitate the, the Singapore lot. Whether they're serious or not yet, we'll have to see. But I think advised by Michael Chopra and rumour to be Alan Shearer as well, there might be a little bit more to it, but we'll just have to see, see what happens first. If um, with the with the PIF consortium, see what happens with that first, and then obviously you move on to the to the Shearer stuff where we'll chop Brian. Hopefully, that might be a result of something as well. As long as someone comes in and looks to take the club forward, gives the fans a bit of hope, um, and we're saying play, we're, we're saying players, we'll give it a go. We'll, we'll have an ambition to go and do something other than finish higher than seventeenth every season, you know. And having that constant communication with the with the fan base as well. I think that's very important, and just getting, just getting my club back, or at least a mm-hmm. feeling that we've got my club back. That's that's mainly all we want. So yeah, for me, it's, keep it's, our better players, Kyle. You know, you're yeah. sick of every transfer window. Your ass is switching, like it's uh, you know, I don't know what, but like every time you're worrying, Alan St. Maximum, Alan St. Maximum. Oh no, damn! Atletico sniffing around Miggy. Oh no, yeah, Debrafka's had another good season. Who's going to be after him? And it's all the time, you know? And it's yeah. just like that co- constant conveyor belt. And, you know, we have to roll the dice and hope we get another quality player in. It's just not always feasible for every um, great signer like Debravka. You're going to make a, you know, a John Carelsa. You're going to make a Matt Sells. Uh, you're going to make a Lionel Perez. Um, for every, you know, Alan St. Maximum. You're going to be making an Albert Luque. Do you know what I mean? You're going to make an yeah. Ashlaf Lazar. So you can't keep rolling the dice and keep, you know, uh, nailing it. But we just want a little bit of our club back. It's like Mike Ashley has had us under lock and key for 13 years. It's been like a prison sentence for Newcastle United fans. Our club has held it hostage. Um, yeah. It's cold. It never communicates to us. We don't even have the, the fast forums uh, anymore. There's a complete lack of disdain, a lack of leadership. Uh, Lee, uh, Lee Charney is a useless piece of shit in charge of the club. I've said that repeatedly. I think there's one person in the world, apart from Lee Charney's wife and maybe his mother, but they probably hate him uh, as well, to be honest, that actually likes uh, Lee Charney. And mm, not my cup of tea, not in a month for Sundays. Um, but let's, we just want to wrestle a little bit of our, our football club back. 
when I was growing up as a kid, it was never about the politics and the bullshit. Yeah, there was that issue around the shepherd thing with the comments about Newcastle women and the shirts and stuff like that. But it, my focus was always on the park, always on players to sign, players to sell. How could we get better? Where are we going to do something in the cup? Where are we going to qualify for Europe? Where would we go on our European adventures? These yeah. days, it's about political bullshit, politicians, um, Premier. I mean, I never used to hear who was the Premier League chairman back in the 90s and early 90s. Never used to hear it. Used to get done. Um, then we've had this new guy in. What? How long has he been on the job, Cockmaster? Two minutes? And he's absolutely fucking useless. Um Again, I mean, is he related to Lee Charney? He's possibly, um, probably some sort of distant relation or something like that because they're both as useless as useless can be. Uh, they shouldn't be in positions of power. Who gives them this position? I don't know, but um, we're just we're just desperate now. And I'm not sure with the Singapore company, Kyle. Um, like we've said before, off air, it looks a little bit BBC Apprentice. It looks a little bit like clip party job. You're not filling me with a great deal of confidence. It's like them not down the year 19 getting tried to be bought over by this person who looks like Bray Wyatt out the wrestling. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not confident. Like it looks, it looks too much. He's like Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt, uh, bushy beard, weird looking bugger, scare the shit out of you in a dark alley. Nah, not for me. You caught me so off guard there to really rip me ribs are proper gone, but um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, speaking of which, I didn't plan to talk about him actually, but he took a swipe at Newcastle fans. Isn't it the easy thing to do when you want to buy something? Just talk about Newcastle and they'll love you because they're upset. Upset with, they're oh, upset. upset just like every one of their fans. But yeah, um, how did it go last time that happened? Oh, god, it went, it went fantastically like, well. <laughs> yeah, went, went, went well, well, went uh, well for us, but it didn't go so well for our friends down the A19. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to buy Newcastle. Uh, buy Newcastle if you want to buy Sunderland buy Sunderland but uh, again you don't see Amanda Stabley coming out talking about um, cheesy chips do you for, for less than a quid so just shit, you know what I mean <laughs> know your fucking role if you want to buy Sunderland buy Sunderland you can have them on your next porno movie or whatever that you that you do these days he was involved in adult films I believe wasn't he and Sunderland will be used to that because he used to getting shafted so yeah let them get on with that Aye, well, we'll move on from the takeover stuff till uh, Thursday or Friday when me and Paul drop the podcast on what, what happens with the NUST meeting. But um, we're going to talk about some transfer rumours now because since since the letter came out with, with Masters and Bruce signalling, in, well, signalling intent to buy some players um, through the media, uh, uh, um, that we've been linked with players again. We've been linked with uh, Tom, I think it's Tom Davis from Everton. We've been linked with Chris Smallin. Uh, Ollie Watkin, um, Callum Wilson, and Jeff Hendricks as well, who I think were close to signing. But I want to run down this list, Paul, and say what you thought of them. Um, obviously, Ollie Watkins is one that will, I was speaking to my dad about it earlier on, actually, as as the day we record this, which is on a, uh, on a Sunday. Um, he he thinks Ollie Watkins is a is a decent player, but he's shite in the air. Um, I haven't seen much of Watkins play, but Facts don't lie. Stats don't lie. He's a he's a goal. He's a good. He's a good goal scorer, uh, Paul. And surely he can't be any worse than what we've got. I mean, you look the likes of Neil Morpay, Danny Ings. He's like 
underrated players which did really well in the championship back uh, back uh, day when back in the day when you know it's like um you know it's um right okay but um i've lost me i've lost me chill of thought again uh ollie watkins is one of them type of yeah. players where um, he he'll score your goals but like it, there's a question mark. He, he's un, he's one of them underrated players that score your goals. Untested, and surely isn't he? it's better. Be, surely it's better than a. Surely it's better than a Joel and no Paul or a Gale or even risking Andy Carroll's injury status again. Um, I think what you get with somebody like him is you get to roll the dice, and you don't know because at the end of the day, uh, Dwight Gale looked fantastic in the championship. So does uh, this lad, uh, but it gives you a chance. You look at our current strikers and you know what they're about and you know that there isn't a lot of goals sparkled around, you know, or sprinkled about the, the lot of them. With this other lad, if he comes in, he could do a fantastic job, but he could also uh, come in and struggle to make the step up because it's a massive step up. Uh, so everybody says from the championship up to uh, the Premier League. I think if we had a decent amount of cash behind us, I think you bring him in, you bring another one in and you take a chance. Uh, personally, for me, with the cash situation is at the moment, and we're talking purely about the Ashley setup this summer, not what you know might be with takeovers and stuff like that. I think I'd be more tempted to go down the uh, another player that we're being linked with, with Wilson at Bournemouth. Um, but no doubt, if we were to get rid of Dwight Gale, if Mutu goes, um, and we could do a deal whereby you know, um, say a Gale goes and we bring Wilson in be fantastic if we could bring both in Wilson uh, and obviously the lad from down at uh, Brentford he's done fantastic he looks a good player he looks a confident player yes don't think he's the best in the air from what I've seen and everything but um, I mean that would be an exciting partnership and it would give Newcastle fans something to be able to hang the hats on and put the hope on because we haven't really had any joy since Rondon went and he was cruelly snatched away from us yeah, um, he and he's not having a great time over in China, is he? Him and Rafa at the moment. But uh, I'd love both to come in. But if I had to choose between Wilson and the lad from Brentford, I would still go Wilson all the time, like Kyle, just because it's it's more of a sure thing. And and at the moment, we can't afford to take a chance because if he if he comes in and he's another Joe Linton from last season, we up shit Craig. Oh, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, Wilson's more of a safe bet, and it's been linked the day actually, as we record this, that Newcastle want to um, give a little bit of money plus Dwight Gale and Matt Ritchie going the other way down to Bournemouth, and I think that'll be a really good coup for Bournemouth because you you get you get a good centre forward for the championship, and you get a, a good winger for the for the championship as well in um, in Matt Ritchie. So. And plus, it makes sense for him to go back the way he went. But I, yeah, I personally, it almost, I would try... almost guarantees them promotion. I think if they sign them too, that almost guarantees them promotion. They've got the forty million. It's a forty million quid off off Aki. You bring you bring in a centre back to shore it up at the back. You bring these two lads in. You bank a little bit more cash. Bob's, you know, Bob's your uncle, and and you get promotion back to the Premier League and the riches. Matt Ritchie, um. Is a fantastic. He'll graft all day. And Dwight Gill, he's got the magic touch when it comes to the championship. I mean, I do think he's scored goals in the Premier League, uh, and and he's run towards the end of the season, proved that, you know. Um, but I think it would be a massive upgrade for us. I would be sad to see Matt Ritchie go. That's the only issue I've got with that. He's just oh, signed a new well. contract. Um, but from what I've heard, 
he wants to finish his course on uh, sorry finish his career on the south coast uh, and I've heard Bournemouth and obviously I've also heard him speak quite a lot about Portsmouth and wanting to finish with maybe a season there so it could be that he could be involved in a deal goes down place for Bournemouth for a season or two gets them back and then is transferred on to Portsmouth but if he does go it would it would be a heavy heart with most Newcastle fans because they really love Matt Ritchie. He's full of huff and puff. He never lets you down. He's one of them constant seven out of ten lads all of the time. Yeah. He puts the effort in. Uh, and he's capable, isn't he? He's capable of scoring a, an absolute screamer, uh, as we saw. Was it against Spurs? Yeah, um, Spurs. Spurs. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and even against uh, Bournemouth uh, in previous seasons. Great. Uh, great thing. It's a beautiful goal. Mm. Yeah, he's he's very he's very much one of my favourite players at Newcastle, and I've never I've always argued for him, and I've always fought for him when people have called him shit and that. But like, he, he's just one of them players. Like at the time when we brought him in, we had a lot of lazy players in my team. Paul, what the likes of Sogo, Yama used to drop uh, drop drop his work rate whenever it didn't go his way. Like so, Colicini who down tools. Like you you look through that squad that got relegated under McLaren slash Benitez. Um, the amount of lazy players we had, and he came in in the championship, and he just ran all game, and he was shouting orders and barking this and barking that. It was just a breath of he's fresh like air. And he's, he's like and he's, yeah, he is. He's he's just he, he he's just is so competitive, and he, he won't let the work rate drop when he's on the field. You can tell people around him up. Are working hard out of fear, if anything, because dare drop the work right in front of Richie. He'll give you a clip. He was even clipping the like somebody long stuff up when he was scoring goals. Do you know what he's I mean? Clip, he's clipping the linesman. He's clipping <laughs> the linesman. He, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give an absolute shit. And you know, you need a little bit of um, that. You know, when when you think if you're away from away from home and all the decisions are going for the home team, think about Manchester United. Um, oh. And you, you need that person to stand up to the ref and say, ref, are you absolutely having a mare? You're just a ho- literally just a home referee. And you get these referees all over. And the referees, again, are, are the weakest pool of referees we've ever had. They're like dilute, um, you know, dilute pop. But um, you, you need people like uh, Matt Ritchie just sticking up for the team so that they, they know that if a, a questionable decision goes against the team, he will come over and he will ask the question, 100% and I'll, I'll love that and I've loved you know whilst we've been able to hear what the players have been able to say he's my t- sort of player um, not afraid do- doesn't give an absolute fuck if you're speaking to the Queen or whether you're speaking to anybody else in, in you know in between it's the same he's competitive as the common you need that competitive streaking element and I think like Lascelles is a great leader by example and an athlete and a professional and all this that and the other Matt Ritchie will drag you from pillar to post if you're not doing the right yeah. thing. Think of like a Roy Keane who used to do it all the time as well. Don't care what wages you're on. Don't care what car you're driving. I want to win football matches. I want to win 100%. stuff. And for me, and I think I think with Wilson, I think if we can get him for Gale, I would take it. But I, I, I would, it would be horrible to see Matt Ritchie go... Um, I know we'd get a good centre forward on uh, on top of that, but like I think Richie's one of them players you need to keep. If anything, he's a utility player because he can play a fullback, he can play in, on the wing, and I think he'd actually make a good centre midfielder as well due to his work rate and stuff. But like, yeah, Richie'd be one uh, keep at all costs for me. Like, 
Um, I said that in the Keep Our Cell video as well, that I'll keep ahead of him at any cost. But the next yeah. one, which was the most, the, the weirdest one for me, which was Chris Small. And it's been out on loan and we've got like 27 centre-backs. So like a centre-back would need to go or maybe even two. Because um, by, by the time the season starts, the cells will be nearly fit. Shell be fit. Um, Lejeune will be fit. Um, Clark will be fit. And Ferry will obviously be fit. But like... I think two of them are going to have to go if it means um, Smalling comes in. I mean, don't get us wrong. I've always rated Chris Smalling, actually, Paul. I've always thought he's a decent centre-back. But we've all, like, we don't need to strengthen at centre-back. We've already got, like, five decent centre-backs. So we're spoiled yeah. for choice. Have you heard the rumours about Char? That he's, have you going, the that he's potentially, go, potentially going to France. Um, yeah, he... He's, his he, attitude's sort of been offered allegedly over the course of the season. He's not been happy with his playing time. He's not been happy with a lot of things at the club. Spurs, one year ago, were all over him like a five-round shit. They were desperate to sign Fabian Chair. Um, his form has, has literally dropped off. He looks like he's filling out a tax return. Sometimes when he's playing football, there's no <laughs> doubt he's a talented lad. Um, he's got some moves. He's got some passes and and this, that, and the other. But if your heart's not in it, your heart's not in it. Um, and I think he potentially may be off. Uh, Lejeune, I think there's major question marks. Not over the quality of play, because he is, he is on his day, if fit, and not with his injuries, he's the best defender, technically, that we've got at the club. But I think he's lost a yard or two of pace. I think he could well be one that's moved on, sadly. Um, and then we need to sort of replace... At the end of the day, Chris Small, and look at what he's won. He's won, is it, a couple of European Cups, titles. He played well for Roma. Was it Roma last season? Roma last season, he went yeah. To, yeah, went to Italy, played well. I've seen him a couple of times over there. Um, For a club in our position, I don't think we can afford to maybe to turn our nose up at them. But you're quite right. Unless there is movement in the squad and uh, Steve Bruce is going to wheel and deal a little bit, then I don't see, but... Uh, I don't see it coming off, but if he does say sell uh, share, if he does allow Lejeune to move back on to maybe a league that's a little bit slower, so his his quality can then come out, yeah. then uh, yeah, I can see Chris Smalling coming in and making a a big difference. Which is going to have then you're going to have Smalling, you're going to have Lascelles, Fernandez, uh, Kieran well, Clark, you're going to have Paul Dummett as well, forgotten man by many uh, people, but he comes back in to potentially centre back uh, reckoning as well. Um, and then you've got young uh, Watts, haven't you? Who was close? Who's been close now, and he's pushing it all the way at the moment. Will he be loaned out for maybe a couple of months? I don't know. Uh, but that's plenty of centre backs. So um, I think he's wanting a, a British hard-working core, and I think he's looking at the likes of Burnley, Sheffield United. Not the biggest names, players that they've got, but gritty, determined, want to stay in games and want to literally. Like ch- choke out and grind out and grit out results that'll you know do as well and and, and to allow to do all the nitty gritty to allow the likes of ASM and Miggy to um, take a forward and win with the game. Yeah, take yeah. forward. Aye, aye. It, it, I mean it's right. I mean I can see what he's trying to do. Like you said before, an industrious team. You can see the hard working teams do well in this league. I mean Burnley, Europa League a couple of seasons ago. Um, Sheffield United very close to one last season, and you can see. Denied by Newcastle. 
<laughs> we've been <laughs> we've been li- we've been linked with um the lad from Everton, centre midfielder. Um was it Tom Dave Tom Davis, yeah, that's the Tom one. Davies. Um yeah. twelve million we've been quoted for him. And I've got to be honest, like I don't particularly I, 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 I mean I seen his debut against Man City a couple of years ago when he won the one three one. He looked fantastic then. But I don't know. I just don't think he looks up to scratch, Paul, to be honest. I mean, don't get us wrong if we were to bring him in for like four or five million as a as a um someone as an alternative to Hayden, because Hayden for me being be on the first name on the team sheet in midfield next season. One year left and, in his contract, Kyle. And they you've got like so Sean Longstaff, Matty, hopefully, um, Shelby, um and, and all them. I don't know how how Davis fits into that, to be honest. And for twelve million. With the reported only having thirty million, you know it's like not a him chance. And small, is it? Him, him and Small, and that would take it up. So it's like we need a forward as well. So you need to prioritise. And I just don't think Davis would be that man. And plus Hendricks is due. It is apparently past his medical and stuff, and probably be announced next week. So there's another midfield signing. So but I like back onto Davis though. I just don't see one how he fits in, and two like. Is he worth the risk? For me, he's not. He, I mean, he's a young, he's a young, a young player, and he works hard and stuff. But I just don't see it. I, to be honest, I think we've picked up a much better player in in Hendrick. I think similar to Kieran Clark. Actually, do you know when he signed and people were like, "Oh, but he's a yeah. big shit, isn't he?" And like, I think there's that kind of vibe around him where it's like he's not a glamorous name, but. He's one hell of a grafter, Paul. And yeah, the assists and the goals don't add up. But for a squad player, especially at times where the way Steve Bruce manages his teams, he manages them into, into the ground kind of thing with uh, lack of squad rotation and stuff. I think Hendricks is what is is a really good player for Steve Bruce in the fact that he works hard. Um, he, he'll get you a couple of goals here and there, which in our team is huge concern we can't score any. Um, I think Hendricks is one of them signings, which international people won't like at the well. start. Yeah, Republic of Ireland international. He's not, he's not the the biggest name, and it's not the like. I know there's obviously we had bigger hopes with PIF taking over the club and stuff, and obviously Hendricks is a million miles away from the Saints. We we're looking at a couple of months ago, but like here and now, where we're at, good player to bring in for me I think um, it's a it's a shrewd bit of business by Newcastle and I think you will do well up here Paul to be honest so I am happy with uh, Hendricks yeah. coming in and plus I've, I've I've discovered this new mentality if they're if they're like a below average player or they're better than Bentaleb and if they're better than Bentaleb you can just say well they're better than Bentaleb because for me Bentaleb is the new standard of shit um, at this team and, and by looks things we're going with Tom Davis and and uh, and Hendricks, it by looks of things, fingers crossed, we're not bringing in Bentaleb. I mean, I wish him all the best, but I don't want him to sign for Newcastle. Ninety I'll, grand I'll a week, ninety-five grand a week. Oh my, my God! But like, as as long as they're better than Bentaleb, you know, I'm, I think I'm confident in Hendricks for being better than Bentaleb, and I'm confident that even if we're saying Davis, he'd be a slight upgrade on Bentaleb. But uh, that's the new norm for me. But um, yeah, I, went... I think I think Davies is, is a is a an, an agent. That's an agent story to me. I just think it's one that your agent puts out to try and drum up some interest. Um, I, I just don't see where he fits in. Uh, I think Hendricks is almost done. 
It's literally um, an ant's knob away as we, we record this. He's an international player. He's, I've spoken to people who watch the Republic of Ireland. They aren't exactly thrilled, but Burnley were good to lose him. I know that. They've done a lot of due diligence. They've watched him a lot of times last season. Um, I think he can help us out. As we've said in like Burnley, Sheffield United sort of mould, you don't have to have superstars. You've got to graft and stay in games in this league, and that's what he's going to offer us. I do think with Sean's drop of form, Matty being out of contract, Hayden being in the last year of his contract and only leaving John Joe, we need a little bit of strengthening in there. But I am so worried that every penny that's spent takes away from this minuscule budget that we've got in the big terms of things. I know 30 million is a lot of money by the time you take a few uh, agent fees out there and stuff like that, it's sharp gets uh, with it down. So a free transfer for an international midfielder with Premier League experience who can score the odd goal, who was very much wanted at his previous club uh, and they were good to lose him. There's lots of ticks there. Yeah, it isn't the sexy, fantastic name that we wanted, uh, but he's certainly better than Bentelev. But there again, I look at some of the players we've had um, recently, and even the birthday boy, who's uh, he's had his birthday recently, even Des Hamilton, he was better than him. Uh, Akuna, you know, all these players are better than the likes of Bentelev. I'm sorry, but he's been absolutely shite. I think he had a couple of decent minutes against, was it Oxford or somebody? Where he looked all right, but then I rubbed my eyes again, and he, and he becomes shy. So nah, he's not for me. He's not. He's not Premier League quality. I don't know what what's happening over in Germany, uh, and I don't know. I think it's a dirty trick. Schalke trying to get what ten million quid out of us, or so, and he wants ninety five grand. Nah, jog on, mate. Jog on. Yeah. I'd rather give a YTS lad a, a, a go. I'd rather give a you. I'd rather put Dan Balazer in, and he's a player who's returned, who's at the club. And at least he cares about the club, is passionate about the club. Uh, and I'd rather try and still get Matty back. I know he's out of contract at the moment, Kyle, but I'd still try and get Matty back. Well, there's still be nothing about, uh, about Matty, but I didn't consider Dan Barley's actually, uh, where, where it's concerned with um, Davies. Because like, if we're bringing Hendrick, you look at the amount of midfields we'll have. If Matty Longstaff resigns, then... You know, we're, we're kind of we've kind of got six centre midfielders there, so it wouldn't make sense for us to sign him. But I think priorities wise, we need to sort of the centre forward role because yeah, two go two league goals for me is shambolic. Um, and five for the top goal scorer six from John Joe just isn't good enough. Um, obviously for John Joe Shelby, it's a good season because he's a centre midfielder, and in some games he plays as a is a is it like a deep line playmaker, but. For a centre forward, to only score two goals. For Florian Lejeune, who never played, to score the same amount of goals as you in thirty seconds at Everton, um, it, it, it's a joke to be honest. And like, it's not. I'm not just poking at Joel and, and um, obviously Gale. He missed a lot of sitters before Christmas, um, which we'll probably touch on in the season review podcast. Um, you look at Carroll, who couldn't score a goal. I know he set a couple up, but he didn't score any. Mutu missing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just Joel and they're a, a couple sure. accountable, but you know what I mean? It's like we need a centre forward next season. We need one desperately. So if we're going to spend 20, 30 million on one player, it needs to be a centre forward because we need goals. But we're, we're desperate. We're, we are desperate. I mean, at the end of the day, I still don't think we've uh, replaced uh, Jose Perez and Rondon. 
uh, in the team. No, I, no. I really don't. We haven't replaced their goals, and they scored the bulk of the goals for us. Obviously, that season, last season, with um, you know, with with Rafa and stuff. Uh, you know, we've splurged the money we've got for Jose Perez on Joe Lydon. It's not quite worked yet. Let's hope he gets some new boots for his birthday. He's been a birthday boy recently as well. He comes in. We can sign up Callum Wilson or somebody like that. Uh, but I've got a feeling we're going to need maybe another striker. So can we get somebody in on loan? Uh, perhaps we can do that uh, as, as well. But we need goals win games. It's all right about being tenacious and trying to keep the score down and then hoping that the hard work pays off. But you need somebody who's got a football intelligence to, to stick the ball in the net. Um, strikers are the more single important thing. So if we limited on cash, do that. Bring bring Jeffrey Williams back in uh, for competition at fullback. Bring William, uh, sorry, bring Wilson in. Uh, bring Hendrick in if he's a free transfer. He can come in and offer something, uh, and then start from there. Yedlin's exercising a, a, a contract option, so he's going to be here for a little bit longer term. So you've got a couple of right backs. Yeah, not the greatest, but prioritise on the few positions that we need. I think we need two strikers, at least a midfielder, definitely a, a, as well a fullback. Um, although, like I say, Jeffro would come in for me and I'd have done it as he's understudy and able to cover across the back. Um, but yeah, it's just such a shame that the budget was obviously being cut in half to what Steve Bruce would have had if this coronavirus hadn't have been a thing. But um, yeah, it sounds like positive noises are finally coming uh, and Steve Bruce is trying to wheel and deal and try and uh, refresh, his, uh, refresh his hand. Yeah, for sure, mate. But I think that's everything, barring one thing, actually. Uh, Freddie Woodman uh, today yeah. signed, a, signed a, a four-year contract extension. If, if uh, Well, it's a three-year, but obviously there's an option by the club for a fourth. And he's went back out on loan to Swansea, which is fantastic. Um, good bit of business by Newcastle, obviously. I think there's a, a long-term plan in motion there um, to make the number one, because by the time he, that contract comes to the end, to Bravgar be 35 years of age, as I found out from you, Paul, before we start recording. So, um, it's I think it's a good bit of business by Newcastle because by then you'd hope Woodman is ready to be number one goalkeeper in a couple of years' time, and it just shows that Newcastle are planning for the future. Because obviously, to Bravgar, while he's here and while he's in his prime, for me, is untouchable. He's nobody's going to get in front yeah. of him. I, I compared to Shea Given earlier on. I think a, a takeover needs to happen for him to go down as one of Newcastle's best ever goalkeepers because we'll just be a mid-table team, maybe even lower, and him doing a fantastic job. I don't think people like remember him as much in years to come, which is a shame. Um, so I hope a little bit of success comes along so they can say Dubravka was one of the better goalkeepers in, in a Newcastle shirt because distribution-wise, fantastic. Shops... Shot stopping wise, I'd only put given on a higher level. Commanding of an area, I think he's the best uh, that we've had. He's just such a good goalkeeper, man. So underrated in this league. Probably overrated by Newcastle fans in us as being probably one of the best in the league. Obviously, I'm sure there's a couple of people at Man City and Liverpool that disagree, but I'd put him in the top three, top four, top five in the league. You're better than De Gea for a start of 10, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. If he went to Manchester United, he'd he'd improve their he'd improve their defensive unit. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's up there with Shea Given, most definitely, in one of the best keepers that we've ever had. Uh, but yeah, the, the plan the plan is now. Woodman was supposedly delighted to be able to sign the contract. Celtic was sniffing about 
around him before they signed the other keeper because they were told no. Arsenal are long-term admirers. Uh, Newcastle have put a plan in place where he becomes the number one. That's what he's obsessed about. You know, he's won the World Cup with England, obviously, at the uh, youth level. Uh, he's progressing nicely. He needs to continue to do, you know, to develop. Steve Bruce has put his arm around him, persuaded him to sign up because there was pull-ins from, and trap, you know, trappings from, from London and returning down south. But he's delighted that there's a plan there for him. He's going to get the loans that he needs to be able to get the game times and the minutes that he needs. If he stays fit all season, he'll, he'll have got over 100 games already at his age uh, at a very, very good level. Uh, probably another loan out next season and then start to integrate them and get them ready. Unfortunately, if we're still under Ashley, I think at the end of this season, the likes of Dubravka will be at risk because I think there'll be other clubs coming for him. Yeah. Um, I'm sad to say. So that's another reason why this takeover is hugely important to keep our better players, the likes of ASM, Miggy, and Dubravka. We need to start making progress. Uh, but yes, Woodman signs up for for four uh, for four more years. That uh, was a nice welcome surprise and a nice little bit of positive news. He even signed the deal whilst he was out fishing with his family. So he's <laughs> out signing fishing. He got the contract electronically, signed it away, bunged it back to Newcastle. Uh, and he's our player now for the next couple of years. But obviously, Swansea are going to benefit massively uh, from that because they've got a, a very, very good deal, a very, very good goalkeeper. And they missed him in those playoffs, didn't they, when he got his injury right at the end of the season, which is yeah, uh, really, really bad. But yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great club to go out, get experience. Um, and then we get to see what he's, what he's where. He's only made what, a couple of appearances for Newcastle so far. So, yep. but it obviously looks fantastic for the England unders and stuff. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, we've got ourselves a bit of a prospect and a bit of a player there. There's one bit of news I remember. I know if you're still listening for a while, and I like lost my marbles <laughs> earlier on. Um, but Tom Allen went, uh, has also signed a contract and has went to uh, Accrington Stanley. Who would he? But uh, he's went to them <laughs> for a season long loan. He signed a two year deal at Newcastle. So, for me, Tom Allen did fantastic there. Um, uh, under twenty three last uh, under twenty three level last year, so to go and get league experience. This is just a quick one before signing off, Paul. Uh, great, great lad, great experience needed. It uh, a team like Accrington Stanley. I, I think they've looked at the likes of Dan Barley's are doing well there, and they're hoping the same for Tom Allen. So yeah, good bit of business again by Newcastle. So it's um for a relatively yeah. questionable episode where we forgot about things and we're going on about the takeover <laughs> again and um and all that stuff. Uh, We've went from there to end on a end on a positive, but to end on a further positive, uh, it's just a massive thank you to everybody that's listened to us so far. Um, the podcast has done remarkably well. We haven't advertised it loads on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've just kind of when it came out, we've kind of dropped a kind of thing and just left it there. Um, the support on it's massive, considering we haven't really advertised it as much. But yeah, just a massive thank you to everybody who's. Um, listen to us so far and we're going to keep these podcasts as consistent and as uncut as possible. Um, no change in where opinions are very much worn. Um, love the banter that we've got, but uh, aye, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good way to end the week, Paul, I think. Um, but if you like things, like things like this, uh, where we just sum up the week and it's kind of fairly unscripted, uncut and, well, as uh, for Paul, uncensored, uh, explicit tone <laughs> as 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 a probably the most polite way. Of it. It. <laughs> exactly. But um, 
Uh, if you'd like more things like that, just let one know in the comments, and we'll just do a weekly show where we'll just sum up the week and sum up the week and chat loads of uh, waffle. But um, uh, that's been episode six of the Magpie Twenty Four Seven podcast. Name to change soon. Working on that, but uh, yeah, hope you um, enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you later in the week for the season review. Catch you in a bit, everyone. Keep it tuned.